Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 272. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Smile, Pingdom, and Eero. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I am joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Ahoy there. Oh, hi. I'm a man of the sea now. Are you? Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean? Do you have, did you, do you I have a I live on the ocean. Okay. Yeah. I Interesting. Now. I've been to your house. I don't remember it being near the ocean, but you know. That's because I've moved mm. to the ocean. Or, you know, rising sea levels have claimed large swaths of England. It's going to happen eventually. Also joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello. Hi. I don't live by the ocean. Uh, guys, I need to confess to you that I introduced you in the wrong order. I'm sorry. Wow. What? Can you just can you just edit it correctly? Probably not. That's. I mean, you could, but no, you, th- should you should just own it. I you could. Should own it. Yeah. Own your mistake. So, you, do you have to change it forever now, or or am I going to get two intros in a row? Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to uh, I'm going to fix it. So, if you're listening to this, here you go. Hello and welcome to Connected episode 272. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Smile, Pingdom, and Eero. My name is Stephen Hackett and I'm joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, hi. And by Mr. Mike Hurley. Ahoy there. I'm a man of the sea now. And it's fixed. Wow. <laughs> I don't even, I don't, who knows what you've done? Not us. You just have to. Uh, you have to listen to the show and find out how I fixed it. We're going to move into follow up. And Mike, there is uh, there's some news out of your household. I don't want to talk about it. No, this is so sad. This is it's so sad. A, this is a great personal trauma to me. I really don't want to talk about it. This is worse than when somebody returns a puppy. Like this is horrible news. Mm. Well, it's worse than the, the story is even worse than you know it to be. Oh, oh my God! What did you do? How can it be worse? Did, did so, you did you break the TV before returning it? That'd be sad. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about yet. <laughs> so the t- the TV that I was very happy to welcome into my home, uh, it actually didn't last a day um, wow. until it was deemed that this TV was too big for the house. Frankly, guys, the t- the TV's too big. It's fifty five inches. It was too big. Um, I loved it, but it 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 was it was just too big. Uh, and it made my wife feel very uncomfortable and tired in her eyes. Like she, she couldn't watch TV. Like it was just too much. So we decided that yes, 55 inches was too big, especially because, so, you know, I said I had a, a 42 inch, a, like a 42 inch TV. Mm-hmm. I actually have a, I think a 40 inch TV. So the the jump was like over 15 inches, which is, so, it's oh, too much. It's a lot of TV. It's a lot of TV, really, to go up to. Um, so it has been deemed that we will uh, we will not have the TV in the house anymore. So we've gone back to the previous Panasonic TV that I had, uh, which is now a tiny, small, sad thing. Uh, my it's now forty inches instead of the fifty five. Um, there is a problem. We can't return it because we used it. What? Oh my god. What? So there that's, is now that, a 55 not... inch television in my home. That's not possible. In a box. How can you not return something? No, that, no, no. There's, I'm pretty sure there's some EU. Oh, well. Hmm. Uh, 
can you do how dare those apply you? to you? this time <laughs> how dare you bring that that plague upon my house how dare you wow how dare you we check the terms and conditions we because i assembled it we can't mm. return it so what are you gonna do with it sell it exactly trying to mm. trying to it's not going well so far so it's a huge box in the living room taunting me here's the tv that you wanted that you messed up and bought too big problem is problem is oled does not exist below 55 inches right now you cannot get a decent sub 55 inch oled tv that just doesn't exist uh samsung have a technology called qled which is not oled but offers a lot of the benefits and they do smaller panels but none of the uh, Samsung TV uh, have HomeKit. They just have AirPlay. So that doesn't work. Uh, LG have said that at some point next year, they're going to introduce uh, sub 50-inch OLED panels. But who knows if that's going to happen. Yeah, they've been seeing these for a while. Yeah, was, that was the impression yeah. that I got. So I don't mm. really know what we're going to do. But we we can't really have... Uh, a TV or above 50. I think 50 is the absolute maximum we could go to. Um, so, yeah, there is now just a big TV in the house. You're thinking about this wrong. Mm-hmm. You are under the assumption that the TV is wrong for the house, but really the house is wrong for the TV. The TV is fine. It's not a problem with the TV. It's a problem with your living space. So clearly yeah. you just need to move to a bigger place with a massive room for the television to be in. Then you sit further back and it's fine. Because of my sadness, Adina did recommend rearranging our entire room, and I said that that was too much. That was too much. I don't want to rearrange our house for this TV. The, the TV, but the TV must go. But I am going to take a. I am expecting significant loss on this television. What if you bought the house next door to you and merged them, mm-hmm. and so you could like have a really long house? Can I just say you are not helpful? Well, you know, look, I'm just spitballing. An ideas guy. So no television, television. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. We definitely have television, but we are not using television. Um, And that is that. If anybody would like to buy a television, (laughs) 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 email Stephen. Yeah, I mean, look, I've been looking kind of halfway at at a TV. You bought basically the one I was going to buy, so just bring it with you next time you come over. I'll just book some freight. Yeah, put it on a boat. Put it on a boat, send it to you. So 55 inches, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Federico's going to buy it. That's how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, I, let me I'm tell you, boys, it. <laughs> it's the most incredible television I've ever looked at. Well, look, you don't need to sell me on it. I believe you. I know that it's a great television. I can't even fathom how I would ship this television. This is part of the problem as well. It's very difficult to ship a television. We've been looking into this. Uh... I don't want to. I don't want to talk about this anymore. We have to move on. Okay. Sorry for your loss, Mike. <laughs> like literally, sorry for yeah. your future yeah, loss. There is a financial <laughs> loss. Yes. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, Apple has updated its HomeKit accessory list. This is a page on its website. Talks about devices that work with HomeKit, uh, bringing some routers, including Eero and a Linksys device, and security systems, the cameras, and stuff. That have been quote announced with HomeKit. <laughs> we don't uh, we don't really know when this stuff is rolling out. Uh, I continue to be intrigued by the idea of HomeKit 
router support, like what that could look like, what that would mean. But it seems like it's very hand wavy at this point. Uh, but, you know, companies are moving forward with this. And while we haven't really seen any fixes for our shared HomeKit security video woes, things continue to to move forward, albeit slowly in HomeKit land. I think it's at least good that the Apple have assembled some of this mm. stuff. Yeah. Mm. Right? Like, so you actually know. And I would not recommend anybody buy a product on this list with the hope that you'll get it at some point, right? Mm-mm. But it's good to know if you already have one of these products, uh, then you can be like, oh, at some point this will this will work. But like, okay. if you want to upgrade your like router or camera or whatever, uh, I would just so you can get this feature, I'd recommend waiting. The other thing is, I mean, look how look how well the HomeKit Secure video started off. I <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily think that the router stuff's going to be much. Uh, easier at least at first never like the sound of those two words together and home kit and announced like mm, that's yeah. usually never you know they say oh it's been announced and any so, day like, now canary's two, gonna get home kit support. two years later yeah. like as where i've seen so many stories of like things that were announced two years before yep. finally having home kit support and now maybe you bought that device haven't been able to take advantage of HomeKit for the past couple of years. Native HomeKit, probably better devices have come out in the meantime, and you're still holding out hope that it'll receive the HomeKit support. Like, I do not, I do not recommend buying things that are, have just been announced. Like, take a look at what's available now, because you know you're gonna be able to take advantage of that immediately. Yep. Instead of because we've seen so many instances of like companies saying, "Oh, we actually said we were gonna support HomeKit, but that turned out to be more difficult than expected." So goodbye, uh, it's not gonna happen. Uh, so yeah, buy things that are available now. Don't hope for announced HomeKit support. It's like a waiting for the Cybertruck, right? Just just buy an F one fifty. No, nobody's waiting for that. <laughs> uh, nobody is. The year of Stephen continues. Doesn't Johnny Ive? Same, no, it's the same thing. Has been removed. It doesn't continue it from Apple's one, website. Well, it's two stories, but like you've already claimed this. You have won. The victory is yours. That's great. We'll find out soon enough because in the next couple of weeks we will be judging our yearly picks. But and making new ones and making new ones. Uh, the story is though Johnny Ive was quietly removed from Apple's leadership page on Thanksgiving Day. The best time to bury a story, uh, completing the month-long transition of him leaving Apple and doing his own thing. I don't read anything into the date except that Apple wanted to try to bury it on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, well, Maybe yeah. they were thankful to Johnny. That's what it meant. Mm, yeah, maybe. Do you think they escorted him out of the spaceship? Can you I imagine that? that? Well, <laughs> Can I you bet imagine? he built a secret tunnel in there anyway so he could <laughs> get back in if he wants to. Who's going to stop him? He knows his way use, around that place. If you if you use a secret code, yeah, you know every like um, wh- when Apple bloggers go to the to to the Steve Jobs Theater, and everybody likes to make fun of those elevator buttons that are so mm. unlike Apple. Yeah. But uh, maybe they're ugly. So unlike Apple to make an elevator button like maybe that. Maybe they do support some kind of secret code that only Johnny knows, and he takes if you to the you, secret tunnel. 
if you align it correctly, it opens a secret door. <laughs> like, I want to believe there's a secret tunnel that, that takes you from the spaceship to the Catalina Island. Mm. And it's like he's built his evil lair on, on the Catalina Island. That would be he's incredible. He's leaving breadcrumbs for years. It's like the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> the Johnny Code. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he, he's gone. Thank you, Bye, Johnny. John. Now is maybe so. Here's a thought: uh, What if, and we're gonna talk about this in a bit. Uh, those Apple Music Awards. What if those are the first product from the new Johnny consultant company? What, what what's he called? Love from yeah. Johnny. Love from Johnny. Yeah. Maybe the, those are a love from Johnny product. He seems like the kind of person that would design an award for our Apple Music based on you know silicon chips i don't know that was my thought though like oh wouldn't it be funny if this is actually a johnny ive product but in a role of a consultant that can now design weird and fascinating small objects i bet if that was the case that is that the maximum only one thing that they will ever commission from johnny's uh agency <laughs> because they it's will possible. never ever 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 work with him again yeah that's how it's gonna be (laughs) except for maybe the odd charity item google has gotten into the year of steven celebration jeez just absolutely means nothing this is meaningless like it's completely unrelated um (laughs) you did the the year of steven does not extend to any executive (laughs) any company of any company tell that to google friend of mine quit their job this year year of steven continues that's right uh, so, uh, Mike, did you you want to explain what's going on here? Uh, Larry and Sergey of the founders of Google have mm, dropped. It's the mic. difficult to explain what they've actually done here. They have created a uh, design company. Wait, no, that's <laughs> love from love Larry from and Sergey. Sergey. Yeah. <laughs> they have stepped aside as dual CEOs of Alphabet mm-hmm. and uh, Sundar Pichai is now the CEO of both Google and Alphabet. But Larry and Sergey have not given up their voting power on the board. Correct. So I read a very good Twitter thread, which I will put in the show notes, um, which kind of talks about and goes through all of the times that Larry and Sergey have been able to... And again, this is... This is one-sided, right? Like, I don't know all the story about this, but it is interesting. All of the times that um, they have been able to step aside from ever appearing in front of a court. Hmm. There are, like, all these different times when they may have been had, had to... Either they were deposed and they said they were sick, uh, or the Uber and Waymo thing where they ended up settling out of court. And, of course, everybody knows, right? Like, both the U.S. government and a potential future U.S. government and the European Union are closing in on company monopolies, like more and more and more. And it may be that Larry and Sergey are trying to get away from ever having to appear in front of a, uh, in front of like Congress, like Zuckerberg did, um, because they have now stepped out of the limelight, and but they continue to be in control of the company or have a controlling interest in the company with their voting rights again. I just found that like a very interesting thing. I don't know the full story because I've not done enough research, but it is an interesting thought. Um, I do not envy Sundar Pichai in this because that is a 
huge job he has now as the CEO of Google and Alphabet. Mm-hmm. That mm. seems like a lot of work for one person. It's kind of like being your own dad in a way. You know, he's in charge of Google. He's in charge of Google's parent company. That's a good point. Very strange. It's like the Spider-Man meme with the two Spider-Man pointing <laughs> at each other. <laughs> oh, boy. That's very good. Uh-huh. That's very good. Well, look, he's, he, he, he is now his own co-CEO. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's a dream job right there. You got to have somebody he can trust. Might as well be him. Yeah. <laughs> what about yourself? Uh, yes. <laughs> it's just um, it just seems it's just strange. It's like a very strange situation, but like I like Sundar Pichai though. He yeah. seems seems cool. We do. So moving on through uh follow up, we do want to uh let everybody know about a new show here on Relay FM called Pictorial. Uh it's hosted by Quinn Rose and Betty Chen. Uh it is a show about art, culture, and art history. It's been a lot of fun working with this show, getting it up and running uh, with Quinn and Betty. Betty has an awesome YouTube channel you should go check out called Articulations, where she um, uh, explains all sorts of things that we see every day and how art informs them. It's, it's really fascinating. Uh, they're, they're doing something interesting too. Pictorial will also be shared on YouTube and they will be having uh, additional content in the YouTube video. So you'd imagine a show about art. They're talking about things that it's helpful to see. And uh, so they are sort of harnessing YouTube to do that, uh, which I think is is pretty cool. But we're, we're excited about it. We're honored that they would have it on Relay. And you should go check it out. All right. We have some, some topics we're going to get to. But first, let me tell you about our first sponsor. This episode of Connected is brought to you by PDF Pen from our friends over at Smile. PDF Pen 11 is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs on the Mac. PDF Pen 11.2 lets you easily edit the content in table cells. You can change things like typeface, font size, and other formatting with PDF Pen's font bar. You can add, edit, and remove images from your documents with PDF Pen, add headers, footers, watermarks. Plus, as you would expect, PDF Pen for the Mac supports macOS Catalina, and PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone or iOS 13 ready. You can learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. If you do any work with PDFs on your Mac, on your iPad, on your iPhone, wherever you are, you need PDF Pen. It's amazing what it'll do for you. So go check it out, smilesoftware.com slash podcast. Our thanks to PDF Pen for their support of the show and Relay FM. There was a support document that made the rounds this morning, uh, Apple alerting users of the, this is the full name, MacBook Pro 13-inch 2019 two Thunderbolt 3 ports. You know, that machine. Do you like that nickname, Federico? Yeah, it's perfect. I call this the MacBook Pro No Escape because it replaced the Escape. It just has two Thunderbolt ports, but they slapped a a touch bar on it. So the MacBook Pro No Escape. No, it's called the 13-inch 2019 two Thunderbolt 3 ports. It's MacBook the cheap Pro. MacBook Pro. It's, it's, whatever. What's wrong with this computer? Uh, it's broken, it seems like. So okay. users were having issues where the computer would randomly turn off, even though the battery told you you had a charge still, which is not what you want from a computer. You want it to be mm. on. You don't want it to turn off unexpectedly. And Apple has this like, kind of convoluted thing you're supposed to do where if you're having this 
char- get the battery to a certain battery percentage and then connect it to its power adapter, quit all the applications, sleep the computer with the lid closed, let it charge for eight hours, and then update macOS? Like, Are you being serious? Is that actually... Yeah, it's six steps. That seems like something you would have made up. Nah, it's, it is uh, exactly what Apple tells you to do. Okay, let me... I oh my word, look have at this. no idea what this does to this computer. My only guess is that it is cycling the uh, – there's a controller that sits kind of in between the battery and the rest of the system. My only guess is that it, it resets that somehow. I think the word randomly in a support article is not good. It's troubling, right? Right? Like how – like if things have gotten bad – if they're just like I randomly turn, it might randomly turn off on you. So there's that. Um, if you have one of these machines and you're having this problem, you can do this. I would expect a. F- Why do you have to quit all applications? I don't know. This is voodoo. Like this doesn't do anything. My expectation would be that the next version of Catalina or maybe a firmware update will solve this, and hopefully it's not an issue where you have to get your computer serviced. But if you have this computer and you're having this issue. Uh, check out the support document and good luck what with if, the song and dance. What if you're already on the latest version of macOS? Uh, do the rest of it? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> well, it <laughs> like, says it says if the issue persists, contact Apple. Or like you have to wait until there's an update, then do it. Yeah, it's weird. That's the worst. It's a weird. That's a wild thing. That's why I want to talk about it. It can't be very widespread though, because I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we hear from people if like I haven't heard a word about this. But how strange! I mean, obviously it happened in some instances, but like, what a weird set of things. Very strange. That's why I want to talk about it because it's so unusual. It's like um, if you're, uh, you know, if your computer's acting funny, just plug it in at a very certain time, in a very certain way. You need to make sure that the the lid of the computer is facing north. And you have to be wearing all black and sacrifice a living thing. Then maybe it'll work. Mike, you come bearing some news. Yeah, I always have news for the show. Uh, But my news this time, which is, if you're not a long-time listener of the show, this is going to sound very peculiar. I have switched to Safari. Wow. On all my devices. Wow. End of an era. End of an era. I have been a Chrome user on all of my devices, including my iPhone, for many, many years because I was a Chrome user on the Mac because Google Docs was support just didn't really work very well for a while in Safari. So I used Chrome. Mm. And then when I used Chrome on one device, I was like, well, I want to use Chrome on all devices. So all of my history syncs up, right? Because that's why you want to use a browser everywhere. So all of you can get your tabs, you can get your history, and you get all your autofill and all that kind of stuff. So I suffered in silence using Chrome on my iPhone for many years. It just brings with it a million different weird problems, but they were all worth it. Plus, I prefer the design of Chrome to Safari. I think Chrome is a better design browser on the iPhone than Safari is. I will get to why in a minute. Uh, but Safari on iPadOS is so good that you would be a fool to use anything else mm-hmm. because that desktop Safari change really just really changes the way that you're able to use the iPad. So I've been using desktop Safari for a few months and now I've decided that I w- it was getting frustrating that things weren't being synced up. So I have now switched to Safari on my iPhone and on uh, the Mac too. So that's where I am. Uh, I like that everything's back in sync. 
Apple Pay, being able to use Apple Pay like all the time when buying things online is really good because it only works in Safari. Um, and also website logins with uh, like Keychain and 1Password are much more consistent um, mm-hmm. than they were before. I have some frustrations. I have frustrations that are on iOS and on the Mac. Um, I hate the way that tabs work on uh, Safari on the Mac. In Chrome, the tabs just get smaller and smaller the more that you open them. So all of your tabs are available to you, right? And then you could just click them. On Safari, the tabs don't get smaller. They just become a scrollable bar. Go to left to right. Yeah. It's stupid. Stupid. Who wants that? Like, it's stupid. So now I have had to pin five tabs to the left Mm -hmm. because I always need them. Yep. But three of those tabs have the exact same fav icon. Yeah. I have the same problem. Yes. I would really like to be able to somehow distinguish between these other than different fav icons. Like, I would also like to tab some, like, Google Docs there, but then it's just going to be, like, just impossible. Um, So it's, you know... I hate that. Um, I hate on the iPhone that tabs seem to open. It actually happens on the Mac too, in a somewhat seemingly random order. Mm-hmm. In Chrome, when you open a new tab followed by a link or whatever, it just becomes the most recent tab in the scrollable view. But on the iPhone, it's just like it just opens in the middle sometimes. Maybe yeah. it was. I, I think what's happening is like it's opening the tab next to the most recent tab that you had open, no matter how you open the new tab. So like yeah, if I click I on a link also, in messages, it puts it in the middle. Mm, why, would, why would anybody ever want that? Why I would you ever it's want a different, that? It's a different behavior, I think. Um, like if you follow a link from another app, it behaves in one way. But if you're using Safari and you do like tap and hold on a link and you open in the background, it uses a different order. So like... It breaks your mental model every it. single time. Like, yes. I always want the, the most recent tab to be the most, like the one either on the far right or, it, you know, or like the bottom right, depending on how you're looking at it in a scrolling view. I will never, ever, 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 ever like the horrifically ugly carousel view on the iPhone. It's bad. When you go into all tabs. It's bad. It's I bad. cannot believe they have kept it. Chrome does a much better job of this. It has basically what the iPad has and what the Mac has. Like I don't know why deal. the iPhone doesn't have that view too of the grid. Why the, why the carousel? Why the carousel? Hi, iOS 6. Like, what are you doing? Who needs a yep. carousel? It's like the worst way to look at this information because you see barely anything at the web page. It's terrible. It should be a grid view with support for uh, long press to preview. And that's yes. it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And finally, uh, I hate how the UI goes away when you scroll. Oh, hmm. you do? Yes. That's interesting. Why? Sometimes I need the buttons and it's annoying to have to either scroll a very long way to get them to come back up or I learned a little trick. I don't know if this is like a trick everybody knows, but if you tap the like the status bar, it comes back. But yeah. I just don't want that. I just want the controls there all the time. My phone is so big. I don't need you to hide the controls. (laughs) Those are the things. I have lots of frustration. My frustrations with Safari make me more angry than my things I like about Safari make me happy. But the reasons I'm doing it, it's just like I want it all the same everywhere. And it's so good on the iPad that I will able to use it. But there are just some really strange design decisions in Safari that I just I can't get my head around. 
I share your frustrations on the iPhone design and something that I really don't understand, uh, the tab view should really be redone from scratch. But what's even worse is that the iPhone does have many of the new useful gestures that were introduced on, on Safari for iPadOS. So like how you can tap and hold on a tab and you can do, for example, there's close all tabs except this one, which I do all the time on my iPad. Like if I have a bunch of tabs mm, open nice. and I no longer need them, I can tap and hold and say, keep this one and close all the rest. That's great. And you can do the same on the iPhone, but here's where insanity lies. Um, it's only supported in the tab view, which becomes a grid view in landscape mode only. Oh so my god. Oh, in landscape, I hate everything. <laughs> in landscape, it is a grid, but you need to turn your iPhone sideways. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you tap and hold on tabs in the carousel <laughs> portrait view, nothing happens. Like, why? Like, again, why like you, you said, build th both of these. This views? is like 2012 all over again like wh what is this carousel view nobody needs it nobody likes it um the, the the tap and hold in portrait mode doesn't even work reliably look at that arrange tabs by title arrange yeah. tabs by website that's so useful it's so useful but it's it's only like who uses the iphone in landscape anymore not even you know, I was thinking about that two days that ago. Anymore. Like when the then the plus was announced and we were all so excited about landscape view. Nah. But it's yeah, just like I, I hate it. <laughs> I actually hate landscape view. You should never <laughs> trust somebody who types on their iPhone in landscape. Like don't trust that. Ooh. That person has cannot be trusted. That's mm, one of my okay. rules for life. Mm. Because nobody does. Like, who does that? Who does that? What do you have to hide that you're typing on your iPhone in landscape? <laughs> you got something to hide. You're not wrong. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's like people drink Pepsi. There, I said it. All right, I said it. Oh wow! I email Steven. No, email Steven. I will say me. that does remind <laughs> me of the like the the uh, that ad campaign they did. The is Pepsi okay ad? Do you remember that they did it for no. the Super Bowl? Mm -mm. They did an ad like Pepsi did an ad where like somebody it's actually Steve Carell it starts with and mm. uh it it's like the, the the waitress is like is Pepsi okay and he's like okay right like, and, and they're like <laughs> oh, making yeah. it, of course it's okay it's a great ad it's a very good ad i like ads where companies are aware of the memes about them i'll put mm -hmm. it in the show notes also has Cardi B and Lil Jon in it because they both have very interesting yeah. and fun ways of saying the word okay Steven knows them yeah, yeah I, this is what we had last time. I remember this. We we were talking about it a while ago, and uh, no, and I was the only one that knew that uh, Cardi B said okay in a fun way, and Stephen had never heard of Cardi B. I switched back to Safari uh, maybe earlier this year, and it's. I agree with everything you said. It's it's a pretty good browser wrapped in kind of a bad application in places, or like an application that does weird <laughs> things. <laughs> it's like if you had a tasty sandwich, but the bread you put it on was a little old, a little stale. Mm. Mm, that's a good metaphor. And you just want the inside of the sandwich. You want good bread on your You sandwich. want good bread. That's for sure. Good browser bread. Browser bread. So mm. so there's that. I um I'm glad you're doing this, Mike, because I think it's I think it is interesting to talk about the differences between the two because so many people just default to Chrome, right? It's hugely popular. And if you're cross-platform, like you 
or Mac and Windows or Windows and iPhone, it, you kind of have to use Chrome or Firefox or something to have your browser history and bookmarks and everything synced. And and once you're used to that, like <laughs> I never want to go without that syncing again. It's so helpful to have be looking at something on one computer and the next day pick it up, you know, when I get to the office or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. All those little like iCloud features make Safari a pretty nice place to be. Yeah, but yeah, it, the, Apple has some odd ideas about how things should work. There's a, I was surprised. F- we're going to talk about the best apps of the year later on, and Apple was talking about like what the most downloaded apps were. Chrome was twentieth, twentieth hmm. free top like downloaded free app of of the year. So people hmm. want that browser. So um, I, I was thinking about this as Mike was talking. There's four things that I would like to see in Safari next year. I rethink the tab view on the iPhone, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, make the keychain uh, its own passwords app. Like, yes, yes. Don't let people dig into settings to find passwords yeah, and that's, accounts. Like, that's crazy, isn't it? Key, keychain needs to be its own thing. It's w- really well done. And the moment that Apple adds support for one-time password codes... Um, that they they should have their own keychain app that, uh, for iOS. That that would like kill one password. I right? know. Uh, yeah, it would become like a serious proposition. Uh, yeah. Uh, third, I would say um, the Safari reading list needs to be. <laughs> they need to do something because it's been basically unchanged for the past six, mm-hmm. seven years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do love Read of You, by the way. Reader view is really nice. It's really well done. It's really well done. I have this problem with Mac rumors. <laughs> this is very specific. Uh, Mac rumors in half size, right? You know, like in like two apps side by side. Mm-hmm. When I load the web page, they have their like ah cookies thing. Mm-hmm. You can't say yes. <laughs> like <laughs> it just grays out the screen, but I can't. There's nowhere to press to say like accept the cookie. Hmm. So I just read everything in read of you when I go to Mac Rumors. Mm-hmm. It's a very specific thing that I have happened to me. Yeah. You just yeah. need to uh, the, have a content blocker block all that stuff. Do you both use content blockers? I do. Yes. yes. And they block you just blocking ads of them? What are you blocking? I block everything and then I whitelist websites that I like. Because the reason I don't use a content blocker is because every time I ever have a problem with a website, or every time yes. we have somebody contact us of a problem with our website, the first yeah. response is, are you using a content blocker? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And but it's just like, I don't want to live in that world where I yeah. always have a problem that is that. But everything is so much faster. <laughs> and I and if something is not working, I know that my first step, like my first debug step is always turn off content blocker and see if it works. So I'm used to that now. Mm, okay. And the fourth thing that I would like to see, and this may sound kind of odd given the time that I've spent complaining about this feature and that Apple brought this feature to 13 the file downloader right you can now download files in Safari for iPhone and iPad and they get saved into the files app and you can go to settings and you can change the default downloads location it's great I love it but you will not believe the number of people who have emailed me and Sylvia for the Mac Stories shortcuts icons because they cannot find the download on their devices. 
Uh, I am guessing that, of course, they are not familiar with this feature being new in 13, and they don't notice the animation when you tap on a download link and when, you know, because people, most people don't read alerts that pop up on screen, and so they just tap OK. They don't notice that there's a downloader icon in the Safari toolbar, and they say, well, I, I tap the link and nothing happens. And this is like, this is the paradox uh, that I'm facing right now. Like, this is a better feature than what it used to be because Safari previously did not have a downloader built in. Right. But when you tapped on a link, it showed you like a different page with the icon of the file in the middle of the screen. You couldn't miss it. Now, it is better because you can actually download multiple files. There's uh, a progress bar. There's uh, a default downloads location, but it's easy to miss. So, like, um, what's maybe there should be a better com- balance between... I think they, uh, you know, a- I, I know, I know that, like, developers and designers, they have a, a, a dislike in most instances of, like, uh, walking you through without something, right? Yeah. People want to, and I understand the thinking of this. They, they want to be able to design something that doesn't require prompts. But I just don't think it's the worst thing that the first time you download a file, it pops up and says, "Hey, your downloads are now saved mm-hmm. in the Files app." Like I don't think that's the worst thing in the world to do that especially if the software is going to continue to get more complex and complicated in good reason. Like that's a great, this is a great thing to have, right? To mm-hmm. actually have things download in the background and that you can choose wherever you want it to go. And like, you can do a lot of really cool stuff with that, but you got to tell people like, just let them know. It's not mm-hmm. the worst thing in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like every single time uh, I get an email from somebody who bought the icons and said, I, I go to your download page and I tap the link and nothing happens. And I'm like, I can need to walk them, walk them through, like if you go to settings, uh, Safari downloads, can you tell me what, the, what it says? And most people say, it just says downloads. Or some people say, it's, uh, say it says on my iPad. And so I need to tell them, well, that's because Safari is downloading files for you in that location. Like they had no idea that that was happening. And then everybody's like, oh yeah, you're right. It's in the files app. It's in that folder. So like, yeah, uh, maybe there should be like a, like, I know that it's not elegant and it's not like, um, uh, and I'm guessing the most designers and developers have this uh, myth of the interface that explains itself. Like you don't need a manual, you don't need prompts, you don't need a tutorial, but you know, everything is so complicated these days that maybe you do. And it's not, the worst thing to have like a big splashy alert because that's also the problem right apple likes to design these alerts that are really subtle and really not in your face whereas sometimes i would like them to design stuff that is more in your face like with a big red exclamation point that says look at this (laughs) like your files are here (laughs) and not some you know fancy english sentence so you find such a download for you know make it simple there's an easy fix that other companies have already thought of. You get a character that is made of a object everyone knows, like a paperclip. Johnny. Let's call it Johnny. But he looks like a paperclip. That's fine. But his name is Johnny. No, you should get you should get Phil Schiller from the poker game. 
That's what he, you should get. He comes pop, in pop. from the side and says, hi, from it the looks side. like you're trying to download a file. Can I help you? This is where it's going. I think people would really be into that. By the way, would you like to play poker? Could you download yeah, this? So he finishes every Could you exchange. download this app that we released exactly a year late for some reason? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, it just, you know. People cannot find their downloads. So that, that's my problem. I sent at least, I'm not joking, uh, 50 emails. like Just like this. Like, open files. And you'll find it. So maybe there's a better way. I don't know. We seem to be on the verge of uh, the new Mac Pro coming. Apple said it'll be December. December is, is slowly ticking away. And I want to talk a little bit about how we may think that uh, it's going to roll out. Because, you know, it's a, unusual that we know when a machine is coming in advance, and this is obviously a computer that has a lot of people interested in it, although most of those people won't end up with it. But it's it's the Halo car, right? Like it's the the exciting Mac that people will aspire to. And I'm curious if, if y'all have any thoughts on how Apple may roll this out. What about you, Mike? No fanfare. Like it's, it's, I do not believe it will appear on Apple.com and the homepage, right? Like, here's our new product. I'd be very surprised if they did that. I think there'll be a press release. And I think professional-focused press will get it in advance, not everyone. So, like, maybe people, like, there'll be some YouTubers for sure. I, th- I would assume, like, MKBHD, but I, I don't know. I think they will lean quite heavy into YouTube because Apple really fancies this as a video machine. And that, like, it does double duty there, right? Like, because it you're putting it through its proper paces because every YouTuber will talk about their workflow and how much faster it is. The same as they did with the MacBook Pros, right? It's like, this is how much faster Final Cut is. But also video is good because it's video, right? Like, so it's like a double win. And then I think, like, some, maybe like Ars Technica or so, like, you know, like a, a site that is way more focused on pr- performance than an average site because i'm I'm not sure like would they give it to the verge like i figure if they gave it to any of the more general consumer sites the verge would be the one because it's probably the biggest yeah but a a non-tech is going to get one right because they talk about performance and heat and processors when i said ours technica i was thinking of a non-tech but maybe ours too but that's the one i was thinking of i was thinking of a non-tech um they should give one to john syracuse but i i i would i would they should do it but I, they probably won't do it, but they should do it. Because it, I think it just, you know. They should just give him one, not his review. They should just hand him one. They should hand him one because it would be hilarious. Craig should bring it over. It would it's be. like, I brought this one to your house. It could be a, the Johnny. He's like, away. I got this for you on the way out the door. Uh, <laughs> it has wheels on it so I could pull it out of the lab. I, I agree with you. I think who, who whatever the process is will be pretty selective. It will not be like the MacBook Pro. No, because that is a computer for basically everybody, right? Like, Or even the iMac Pro. Mm-hmm. Well, the iMac Pro, I think, is closer to this, but the Mac Pro is not for everybody. And I think there is possible backlash to be had from, like, regular Apple customers who would come across this, not know much about it, and think, holy smokes, why is this computer so expensive? Apple's gone crazy. And by putting it in the hands of people who do things like 8K video footage and do these really high-end things and their audiences know they do those things, then maybe they can uh, mitigate some of that potential backlash. Yeah, because it's like you don't... It's it's unnecessary to put this machine 
in front of a large audience. You don't need to do it. I would say everybody that is ever going to buy one of these already knows about it. Yeah. Right? No one's going to be surprised by this computer and then make the decision, surely. Like, oh, it's a new Mac Pro. <laughs> it's been oh. 10 grand. So I don't have any particular opinion on this rollout, but the the only thought that I have is I wonder if there'll be some kind, and bear with me, I know that it sounds ridiculous uh, at first, some kind of Apple service tie-in with this. Like, I could imagine, like, here's how the directors of an Apple TV Plus show I've used the Mac Pro. Oh, the the, the website will one hundred percent have a video like that. I yeah, like and like look at this scene from for all mankind, which exactly. was uh, rendered on the new Mac Pro. Like I one hundred percent agree with you and on like, that one. Even something for Apple Music, like here's how this album that by here's the way how Calvin is... Harris uses his Mac <laughs> yeah, Pro because exactly. everyone knows he has one. Uh, so yeah, I think that 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 they the website will I would agree with you will have those kinds of stories on it. Right, like that makes sense for sure. I, I think if they didn't do something to be like, oh, this was from for all mankind or like whatever was made on the Mac, like I'd be really, I'd find that peculiar. If in mm-hmm. honesty, if they didn't do that, that's a really good, it's a really good point. It's got to be any day now, though, right? It's got to be soon. We're in December. Yeah, they, I don't. I think they've got to do it probably before Christmas, just because Christmas and New Year's is on on a Wednesday. Yeah, so there's not even like a full business week between them. Right? I would say it has to happen before the twentieth. They're not going to do it Christmas week. Yeah, right. No, so it has no, to be between no. now and the twentieth. Uh, if they're going to do anything, Christmas for nerds. Christmas for nerds, especially if you know if these things are going to ship before the holidays. In case anyone gets their Mac Pro in their stock. Yeah, it may be that the stock ones get out, but you know, this was true with the iMac Pro. The base model shipped first, and then the higher end ones were actually in January. So mine is a base model. I got it at the very end of the year, but January. Yeah. Uh, most of them didn't ship for you know another week or so. So I'd imagine that's how the, how this may go. So twenty twenty is going to be the year of Syracuse. He's going to get uh going to get one, and he's going to. Or maybe twenty twenty one. Who knows? Yeah. He may waffle a bit. Mm. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, this is a machine that I am interested in. Like, it's not in the budget, but it's fun to think about it. And it's uh, it'll be fun to talk about. And uh, I know that um, Federico is really looking forward to it. So I'm going to use it as a Plex server. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. That would be the biggest flex. The Plex flex. I bought a Mac Pro and it's the Plex server. Plex flex. And <laughs> and not even for H.265 videos. H.264, the old content. That's what I'm going to use it for. I just want to watch The Sopranos in SD. That's that's all I want to say. I don't care. I use a Mac Pro tower as a Plex decoder. You know, Casey, Casey uh, on ATP has been moaning about what to buy and he needs plex server blah 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 and i what i should have done is i should have told him he could have one of my x serves right like mm-hmm. can it's you not small. get a mac mini it's you small mac mini. in terms of height he has been suggested this in every other possible computer configuration under the sun so apparently he bought something we'll see we'll see what that is i know what he has so do i but the audience hasn't heard atp yet so don't spoil mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. don't don't spoil what hasn't been shared what I'm saying. We're going to talk about Apple's awards, but I want to tell you about Pingdom. The holiday shopping season is here. We have survived Black Friday. Boxing Day is at some point. No one's really sure when that is. Um, but we're we're here, and we're you know we're shopping online. I saw I saw a headline the other day of how much money was spent shopping online at some 
uh, bananas number. And in that process, when we're shopping for the holidays, we want to know that things are going to work, that the shopping cart we're in is going to stay up when we have to go, uh, you know, check something else and come back. We want all that to work smoothly. And Pingdom is a service behind a lot of that stuff because it is a service that will let you know the moment your website goes down in whatever way is best for you. And it can monitor all these transactions. So cart checkouts, forms, login pages, every single step of that that purchase, that chain of things, Pingdom can be watching over and making sure that it is staying up before they affect your customers and your business. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the severity of the outage. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now. If you have a website and you want to make sure that you're the first one to know when it goes down, pingdom.com slash RelayFM. There's a 14-day free trial. There's no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Once again, that's pingdom.com slash RelayFM. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. Apple had some awards. So we spoke about this uh, ceremony that they were going to be having that Lance Ulanoff shared with the world, but he shouldn't have. Um, and so it happened on Monday in New York. Um, the event itself uh, from 9 to 5 Mac is saying. The event centered on Apple inviting developers to their New York City office to talk about inspiration stories behind their applications. Really, like this was a, uh, an event for the developers who won these awards to come and share their stories with the press. So I guess there would be a bit more of a fanfare around the event itself. But I guess also, and I think rightly so, uh, actually making these developers feel special. Like, like more special, which they deserve. They've won an award, right? Like, I think that people who win awards should be given some kind of uh, good feeling for that, right? So, like, that's why it happened. Um, we can see now why Apple said, please don't talk about this because <laughs> there's nothing to talk about, right? Like, in advance, like, it's it, it, we're just doing this thing and that's all it is. Uh, but we have now, of course, if you've been on the App Store in the last couple of days, it's it's dominated at the moment with this coverage. Um, so I figured we could maybe touch on the winners a little bit. Um, so the iPhone app of the year is uh, Spectre, which is the long the AI long exposure app from the makers of Halide. Halide. It's a camera app. Kind of surprised about this one, mm -hmm. in all honesty. Um, I know this is an application that like people like having fun with. It, I never really got it to work, um, and the like the long exposure. Whenever I've wanted to do a long exposure photography, the long exposure feature in the Photos app has worked fine for me. But I also never really want to do this, um, so it's it's cool that it's there. But I was I was surprised. Uh, it's nicely made. Like it's a very nicely made application. The design is great, but I would have expected Halide to win over this if one of these apps yep. were going to win. Yeah, me too. Me too, honestly. Because yes. Halide is amazing. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. So it was a surprise. I'm not trying to say it's a bad app. It's a cool app. But as the iPhone app of the year was surprising. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the iPad app of the year was Flow by Moleskine, which I didn't even know existed. Uh, it's a which I'm pretty sure also won an Apple Design Award. No, uh, Time Page did. Didn't Time it? Page did. Okay, um, I believe maybe it was Flow, but I think it was Time Page. Uh, 
pretty sure it was time page um flow by moleskin uh was the ipad app of the year i didn't even know this app existed uh but i took a look at it today in the app store downloaded it and i want to play around with it it looks like a really fun well-made drawing application um mm. for the ipad no flow won an apple design award <laughs> oh okay so cool uh i guess so. that makes sense though really doesn't it like uh but sure double dipping uh someone uh, apple loves moleskin um i should send them some notebooks instead so they can understand there are better products available that's Ooh, I, actually that's fire in, wow I know. The, the notebooks are fine uh, they're not great there's, there's a million products no, that keep, are better, keep but digging keep keep digging I the will, but long time listeners of the pan act will know uh, I applaud Moleskine's uh, technology-forward um, approach. They also make a lot of they were like they are like the heavy investor in products of like write on this paper and you can have it in an app, right? And they have like pens and notebooks that do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's very clever that they are in the uh, iOS app business and in this business because they are understanding two things: one, where their market is, and two, what their future should be, and they all other companies that are making notebooks are going to get left behind by them again. I think they made a very clever move in doing these things because they are expanding their brand and showing that they are the tech forward company that if you need to take notes in uh, the office, yeah, you can use paper, but then it will also be in an application, which everyone thinks that they want. So this is an interesting thing that they're doing, but I didn't, I don't really think I even, I've never tried this application, so I'm looking forward to trying it. But it seems like Apple really love it. The iPhone game of the year is Sky Children of Light, which is made by the company uh, behind Journey. Yeah. I don't know. I I I have a few problems with these picks. Like I like like I think I'm happy for the winners. Let me say uh, I, I want to make something clear. I'm very happy for everybody who won. I just think that as the organization that that does these awards i just find them a bit uninspired this year and um that's that's due to like the small number of awards like very few categories uh no watch apps at all no runners up in any category uh, the repeat uh, winner of Flow, which won an Apple Design Award, and it's also like the best of the year awards, like some variety would have been nice. More categories would have been nice. But the games are like, it could be argued that Sky launched to a lot of press, right? It was highly Apple anticipated. Had it on stage. Highly anticipated game. Didn't really make much of an impact. Um, you know, it's it's not it's a fun game. It's a beautiful game. It's not the new journey. Um, no, and it could be argued that there were better, more impa- impact impactful, culturally speaking, iPhone games this year. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you look at Apple Arcade alone, <laughs> there were more games that people keep talking about. Um, and the iPad game is not even an iPad original game. Hyperlight Drifter yeah, Hyperlight came Drifter. out on PC and calls and consoles years ago. That was a weird one for me to, to, for them to have featured a port so prominently. Um, like I, I don't get it. This seem, and this is quite uh, odd that the year that Apple decided to do something more with these awards, they actually feel like a bit less than previous years. Mm-hmm. Uh, less inspired, less original, less 
fewer categories like i don't know um but the, the two games i mean sure they are fun games i love a hyperlight drifter um sky's a fun game there were better titles deserving uh the award in my opinion the apple arcade game of the year sayonara wild hearts which i am this is a, this is a good one yes that's it's one of my favorites so i yep. agree like it's, it is one of the best games uh on apple arcade but again, it is kind of funny that it is not a game that was made for Apple Arcade mm-hmm. that that won it. This was a game made for PC and console, which is also on Apple Arcade. Yes, but it is a it's a good game to feature because it is that good, and people might know it from other places. So it's like, oh, it's on the iPhone too. Like, great, I'll get that. The app trend of the year was storytelling simplified. Uh, the idea behind this is that this year what they have seen as one of the biggest trends in applications is apps that exist to help you tell stories. Um, they feature Anchor, which is the um, podcast uh, creation app. They feature Spark Camera, which is really good for Instagram stories. Um, they actually also they feature a few applications that are good for Instagram stories. Um, Unfold is another one of them. Um, and then they have uh, an app called Noisy Book, One Second Every Day. Like they have a bunch of applications that are focused around helping you yeah. tell stories and share stories. I think the trend thing is honestly more interesting to me than in both app and yeah. game. I'll get to the game in a second. Then wow. the actual awards mm-hmm. themselves. The game yeah. trend of the year was Blockbusters Reborn. So the idea of old titles or like games in existing areas seeing mm. new games on ios so mario kart tour mm. minecraft earth the elder scrolls blade pokemon masters those like and i was like okay but again whilst that is interesting so you're really leaning on the mainstream there apple right? yeah i like, wanted to i wanted to go there in fact with you like is this really something worth bragging about like uh that you got well, especially <laughs> because minecraft earth has not made a huge splash no and uh neither did pokemon masters uh and you got assassin's creed rebellion really yeah. <laughs> uh call of duty mobile and mario kart tour sure uh those have been two of the biggest uh game releases of the year dr mario World, mario kart tour very surprised is the most downloaded game of the year yeah. wow yeah 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 uh, Which is, I feel like it completely passed me by i played it for a little bit and i was like okay this is exactly what i thought it was and i don't want it I have so many friends who are still playing the game every single day. Like, it's it's been a... I think it's done well for Nintendo. It's Nintendo's best uh, iOS game so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd be keen to see if Nintendo are happy about this, though. Mm. Because they were not happy with Super Mario Go, run, run, run. Financi- run. Uh, financially speaking, though, yeah, I don't they know. They were not happy with it. And I wonder if Mario Kart Tour has done any better for them. I know that uh, Sylvia hasn't spent a single cent on it, so exactly, <laughs> and she keeps playing. So I don't know, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I so don't know. Those if are the games celebrating the game trend of the year as oh yeah, let's take a bunch of console titles and make them freemium mobile versions with a bunch of gems because this is what's common to all of these games. Is it something really worth celebrating with the with like mentioning in, in an award ceremony? Like, shouldn't you be celebrating? Uh, original content for ios like yeah this is mainstream yes this is pop content but like it doesn't feel classy maybe in a way that uh, some of it feels in contrary to the work that is done by the editors of the app store yeah where they very frequently focus 
on it, more indie titles mm-hmm. and like smaller titles of both apps and games. But then some of the awards, not all of them, but then some of the awards seem very mainstream. It's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, again, like iPhone app of the year, Spectre, that's awesome. Like, you know, I know a lot of people like the app. I'm happy to see that they went with something like this because I just think it's it's great. But if it was my choice, I would have gone with Hellhead instead because it, that just feels like a better app to me. It's a, it's a more you know complete, full featured, uh, mm-hmm. deeper type of software. Like, but it might uh, be that like that highlight is too complicated to call the iPhone app of the year. It's like an, for what it does as an app, where Spectre is is way more focused and like more regular people could see more of an output of it. Possibly. On the other hand, you're recommending an a utility that does a feature that is also part of your own photos, app. which is what makes things even more <laughs> peculiar to me. Yeah. Oh well. Um. Uh, Apple also released the most downloaded apps and games. So I mentioned uh, that Chrome was on that list earlier. I mentioned Mario Kart was the the best free game. I was super surprised about some of the entrants on the paid section. So the the most down paid for applications of the year. It features auto sleep for Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that is one of the most bought apps of the entire year. That surprised yeah. me. I was very surprised about this. And you figure Apple must, must surely be working on sleep tracking for the Apple Watch now if they were not This before. app is... It was the fifth most bought app this year. This app is consistently at the top of the pay charts for yes. iPhone. It's in- remarkable, really. And it's made by a single person. So, like, yes. uh, it's the indie app that has crossed over to the mainstream, like, for mm-hmm. real, like, every single week. It's at the Isn't it wild as well that Dark, Dark Sky's number three? Like, yeah. S- still? Yeah. Still, Dark Sky? Still. Yeah, yeah I know. There's like, better wild. weather apps out there, but mm-hmm. yeah, pe- folks know Dark Sky. Um, yeah, I mean, they must be working on sleep checking. They, they must be seeing this too, right? They have to like, be, right? Y- y- they must be at this point. Um, another one that I was super interested to see, it's like number 18 on the list, is Things. I, I guess no one at Apple has to mark off tasks that are repeating before they're due. <laughs> <laughs> but But yeah. like this is people buying... Yeah. The ten dollar app. This, uh, you know, the opti- I want to be optimistic and and say, you know, maybe this is a wake up call that tells Apple, look, people want to use a task manager, so don't be afraid of adding m- new features to reminders. Like um, folks are looking for that kind of to do app. Um, but I don't know. Then again, um, Apple likes the idea of. Apple software being, you know, covering the basics and then there's the app store for everything else. But I would like them to, you know, steal a bunch of ideas here and there. Sleep tracking, uh, you know, having better support for um, task uh, properties in reminders. That would be, that would be fun. Oh my God. There is a time tracking app on this list. Is there? It's called Forest. Uh, oh yeah, it, Forest is all like usually the number one paid app. Um, I have never the, heard in of the this productivity before. section. So Forest is we looked into this a while back. We wanted to do a feature story on the site. Uh, Forest is a very unique type of. It's like a 
a mix of a time tracking app and a Pomodoro technique app. Mm-hmm. The basic gist is that y- if you work and you're focused on your work, you leave this timer running in the app. And with the timer running, you plant virtual trees mm-hmm. and you create your own forest. And there's a tie-in with the app that I think the, the developers them- themselves uh, donate money to like relief funds or like uh, non-profit organizations that actually plant trees around the world. I need to look into this app. Yeah, it's a fascinating story. And it's... I'm just very excited to see that time tracking is in the top paid list, you know, somewhere. Yeah. Then there's a metronome. (laughs) It's a weird stuff in here. I think it it does go to show how wide the app store is and how many different Mm -hmm. types of people like use their phones in totally different ways than us. Right. Yep. Like it's it's yep. super broad. And yeah, these apps like don't make any sense for us or our audiences, but other people like they couldn't use their iPhone without it. Right. We should have mentioned because uh, we forgot there's also Mac and Apple TV categories. So the Mac app of the year is Affinity Publisher, also not a Mac exclusive. Um, the Mac game of the year is Greece. Excellent game. Also not a Mac exclusive. This is a console game that's being brought to the Mac. The So for anybody who was looking for this, uh, the Apple TV app of the year is The Explorers uh, Tour the Planet in Stunning 4K Video. Uh, so it's a video app. Um, it's like a Apple new screensaver, TV, right? Like it's like it's people that want more screensavers. Yeah. The Apple TV game of the year is Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap, which I'm pretty sure... Also not an original game. Um, so, yeah, and, and and there's no Apple Watch uh, category at all. The year uh, Apple Watch got a standalone app store. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's not there. No, <laughs> Apple Watch. <laughs> like, who, who, who worked on these awards? Like, I, I don't know. I don't I get it. I have a question. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what you guys think about this, but where do you think more apps are downloaded? The Mac App Store or the Watch App Store? The Watch App Store. No. No way. Yeah, because because Mac users who download apps, they know how to go to websites to download apps. And most people just who don't download apps on the Mac just use websites. A better one then is Watch App Store, TV App Store. See, now you're getting somewhere. I still think it's the watch app store. Yeah, I think I agree, agree with that too. It's got to be the watch. It's yeah. got to yeah. be the watch. Yeah. So, and auto mean, sleep. Yeah. Auto yeah. sleep. Does it only work on the Apple Watch? You need an Apple Watch. Right. So, there you go. Doesn't that say something? That is the fifth most downloaded app of the year, most paid. And it is an Apple Watch needed application. Yeah. It's an iPhone app, but you need an Apple Watch for the data. Um, See, Auto Sleep should have been the Apple Watch app of the year, then, in theory. But mm, what's funny there one. is that is that Auto Sleep as an optional Apple Watch app because the way that it works, you don't need the Auto Sleep Apple Watch app installed at all. Uh, the Auto Sleep app for iPhone just uses data from health and sensors mm. to aggregate heart rate data and movement and all that stuff. You can install an optional Watch app, but it's not necessary. And so, but but I mean, there's so many options that they could have gone with. Uh, for WatchOS 6 with the independent watch apps. Uh, and, but yes, let's pick this fancy screensaver uh, for Apple TV and a bunch of games that were ported from consoles. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. Very strange. 
So make real mixed bag there. But Apple did also have the first ever Apple Music Awards. Um, really, yeah. it should just be renamed the Billie Eilish Awards Ceremony. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I wrote this in our document today, then read uh, Ryan's article on Mac Stories, and he said the same thing at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it gets me, right? Like, we we're on the same road, me and that kid. Uh, so Global Artist of the Year... Billie Eilish, Breakthrough Artist of the Year, Lizzo, Song of the Year, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X, Album of the Year, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish, and Songwriter of the Year, Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas for co-writing When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go. It's important to note that the Song of the Year and the Album of the Year, they were on uh, the amount of stream stuff downloaded. Um mm-hmm. So album and song that's like the that reflects streaming data. Global artist of the year, breakthrough artist of the year, and songwriter of the year were handpicked by I will actually I'm gonna read a quote here. Hand selected by Apple Music's global editorial team of experts and tastemakers, and given to artists who have true passion for their craft, who boldly defy conventions in the category, and who embody a sense of humanity where listeners are drawn as much to who they are as to their music. I like that, sure. but I will say, it's kind of funny. I mean, if you gave your artist of the year to Billie Eilish, but her album was the most listened to album of the year, is she really defying conventions? She is the convention. She well, is, she is. She's the now. most popular artist in the world right now. Everyone everyone lives long enough to see themselves become the man, right? Like, yeah. You're not a rebel. But like, she's not defying con- the convention. Right, I, I well, understand what they're saying. She did initially, maybe like she did. She did initially, one hundred percent. Like yeah. she is super different, but it's just kind of like the way that they say this is like we picked our artists for like who are against the curve. They're not against. She is the curve now. You're about. Uh... 10 months late to that um yeah like yes if they would have given this to her before the album came out maybe we'd be in a different situation well she was the apple music up next um you know highlight uh, artist mm-hmm. highlight whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah i she doesn't she she is the convention as you said she is uh, she deserves yeah. the awards because her album is insane she does. like in a great way like it's yes it's crazy like as federico says you listen to that thing at over 80 percent on your HomePod, and it's like your homepod's going to explode some of the bass yeah. on that album is wild um steven mm-hmm. do you know any of these people i know the names oh do you lizzo yeah you know the songs yeah, i don't i don't live under a rock do well, i have I any of these songs in my music library no i do not you know yeah. Old Town Road? Sure. Do, okay. you, do you know that Billy Ray Cyrus is on that song? I feel like you are maybe trolling me, so I'm not going to answer. It's, it sounds like I am, right? I'm not. That song it's is featuring Billy you. Ray Cyrus. Time is a flat circle. Go, you can Google it. You can Google it. But like, that's the funniest thing to me. It's like, oh, um, achy breaky heart, I guess. Uh, there's going to be an Apple Music Awards ceremony, though, right, Federico? Um, yes. There's actually going to be a video that they're putting out, I think. Funnily enough, you know, uh, Apple Music Awards, uh, that show, uh, I guess they're going to call it the AMAs, but we already have those. (laughs) 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 So, uh, Well, it's the Apple logo MAs. Uh, Yeah, Billie Eilish is performing at the Steve Jobs Theater today, December 4th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, and they're going to be streaming that on Apple Music. I like this idea. I think uh, it's it's a good idea to have Apple Music Awards. They, this should be more comprehensive. More 
categories, more comprehensive selections here. There should be here. like male and female. What like, is artists, this? Like, right? like four? How many? Five picks? Really? Uh, yeah. For an entire music streaming service, you got. F- I mean, I get that it's the first version. Mm-hmm. Still, it does sound like it does feel like something that you put together uh, in at the last minute, in like a month. Well, um, they have tro- those weird trophies. Sure, well, that's you know Johnny's side project. What what is in those? Magic. No, but like inside of them, that looks like a it's like, like a like something from Intel. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be funny? If those were like chips from unsold HomePods. <laughs> the wafers start as a perfect 12-inch disc of silicon with nanometer level flatness. It's like a whole thing. Of course there is. Each award features custom silicon suspended between a polished steel sheet of glass and a machined and anodized aluminium body. The wafers start as perfect 12-inch discs. They're 12 inches. They're massive, those awards, of silicon with nanometer level flatness. I want to know what is it. It took them months to make. Copper layers are deposited and patterned by ultraviolet lithography to create connections between billions of transistors. The results of this multi-month process before it is sliced into hundreds of individual chips is done. Oh, no, they're talking about actually making the chips. This is very confusing. Mm-hmm. In a symbolic gesture, the same chips which power the devices that put the world's music at your fingertips sit at the very heart of the Apple yeah. Music Awards. So it's, it's HomePod Guts. It's mm-hmm. totally HomePod guts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it is. So the unsold ones had to do something with them. At least it's a pretty, it's a pretty neat award, like a f- pretty cool physical object. Yeah. Still, we, we want to see more categories, more picks, more variety, uh, a proper ceremony. You know, uh, do more. You could do better than this. Uh, it's nice that you're, you know, celebrating. It's it's nice to have this kind of recognition for music streaming and whatnot, and I get that it's functional to Apple selling you a subscription. I get that. But at the end of the day, there's still art in this. There's people making music, and they should do. Apple should do a better job at celebrating them because five picks is not enough at all. Come on. Let's do better next year. This episode of Connected is also brought to you by Eero. If you want to binge watch your favorite TV shows, get caught up over the break... From anywhere in the house, without interruption, you need Eero. It blankets your whole home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi, eliminating poor coverage, dead spots, and buffering, so you can have consistently strong signal wherever you need it. I've talked about the Eero in my home for years. I've got a base station and a couple of the remote units, so I've got Wi-Fi all throughout the house. It was challenging for me. My house is shaped like an L, which is not super useful when it comes to Wi-Fi, but Eero made it really easy. Uh, with those Eero beacons at the ends. Eero, quite simply, is the Wi-Fi that your home deserves. And there's an all-new Eero starting at just $99. It sets up in just minutes. You plug it straight into your modem or router, and then you can manage it from the super simple iOS app. You can do cool stuff like pause the Wi-Fi when everyone's eating dinner, or get alerts if any device tries to join your network. Eero has fixed all of my Wi-Fi problems. No more dead spots, no more buffering. And you can get yours fixed, your Wi-Fi fixed, as soon as tomorrow. Just go to eero.com slash weirdfish and enter the code weirdfish at checkout to get free overnight shipping with your order. That's E-E-R-O, eero.com slash weirdfish. Get your Eero delivered with free overnight shipping. I'd like to thank Eero for their support of the show and Relay FM. 
So we're going to do our official 2020 predictions in a couple of weeks. That is not what this is. We just want to kind of round up a bunch of the rumors about 2020 and sort of go over them and see how we think uh, they may shape up. I find this fun this early on because we're talking about things that are nine months away in some cases. So things always yep. change. There's also a lot of contradictory rumors in here, which is kind of funny. Um, it, it's it's early. <laughs> so it's messy, like, you know? Uh-huh. Let's start with the let's start with the iPhone. Mike, what what is the scoop on 2020's iPhones? All right, so there's a few things. Uh, 9 to 5 Mac are quoting from supply chain reports that suggest all three 2020 iPhones will feature OLED screens, but the Pro models will be more advanced. The more advanced should mean that the panels are thinner, and this is because they will be eliminating the separate touch-sensitive layer that currently exists. Samsung have created a new OLED panel, which will have touch sensitivity built into it. Um, so apparently there was always a layer, but this new OLED panel has its built in. This makes apparently Samsung the sole supplier of these models, like for the screens for these models, which is an interesting thing that typically doesn't happen with Apple. Um, the I don't really know particularly what more advanced would mean. My hope is that it lines up with a Digitimes report that says the 2020 iPhone will feature a ProMotion display, which is at 120 hertz, still mm-hmm. OLED. So that's what I'm hoping, right? Because, like, thinner is fine. I don't know how much they can do with thinner because I can't imagine it's super thick, but uh, thinner would be great. Um, but I'm hoping that more advanced could also mean 120 hertz. I think it's important for Apple to go there, uh, for 2020, because 90 plus hertz screen uh, refresh rate is becoming a very, very popular, pretty much checkbox item on Android phones right now. And I think it would be peculiar if Apple didn't find a way to get there for the iPhone, especially considering that the iPad has had this technology for many years at this point, like three years promotion. Uh, going into the third year, I believe it was added yeah. in 2017. Because wasn't it added in the first smaller 10.5? iPad Pro? The 10.5. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because I so, remember uh, checking it out. When you got one at, at WWDC. WWDC. Yeah. 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 And that was multiple years ago. So um, I would like to see them do that. Uh, what do you both think about those things? I want it. I, I want promotion. I love it on the iPad. I know Stephen doesn't like it, so I'll just uh, I want to hear what Stephen thinks. Yeah, I have it turned off on the iPad. The high refresh rate just makes my brain feel bad. I don't. It's very That's strange. Strange. It is interesting. But I wonder. So other phones have done this, right? There's a Razer phone that has high refresh rate. The Google Pixel Four has it under certain circumstances, and. Those phones either have giant batteries or have taken a big battery hit. And I just wonder how that plays with the battery margin Apple uh, got in the iPhone 11 and 11 Pro. Would they be willing to eat into that to enable this? Or would they enable this and keep that battery life? It's very hard to take battery life away from people once they get used to it. So my big question is just like power consumption. They're never going to – I mean, I cannot imagine them doing that. Maybe the thinness helps, right? I don't like, know. Uh, I'm not I'm not in tune enough with that to – understand why the power draw is what it is. I'm assuming it's the refreshing that just causes issues. But also Apple has its own chip team and they are killing everybody else in the streets with the chip war. And so if anyone can pull it off Uh without a battery hit, it'll be Apple. So maybe they're in a really good position to do this. And 
I think for I think a lot of people are going to love it, and there's an accessibility option to turn it off, so I leave it off. I really, really hope that they do it, though. Um, I think it's inevitable that that one will happen. Yeah. The next, you know, like it feels like it will happen eventually. Maybe 2020, who knows? The next one is maybe a little bit more up in the air. Fet reports uh, circle that Apple is going to be using an in-screen fingerprint sensor made by Qualcomm in 2020, which is convenient as yesterday Qualcomm announced a vastly superior version of their technology for in-screen fingerprint reading. So what do you think about this? I also want it. <laughs> I want it too. I, <laughs> I, 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 like years ago, I would have said that the idea of simultaneous biometric authentication systems was ridiculous. Now I see why I was wrong. I want both and I want whatever is fastest to just uh, authenticate me. Uh, there's times when Face ID is perfect. There's other times when Touch ID is more convenient. So why not both? Um, so I want it, yeah. Why not both, really? I'm not trying to compare them, but like, it's interesting. Most Android phones have multiple methods. Mm-hmm. I mean, typically that is because the Face ID is not as strong. Not very secure. But wouldn't it be nice to just have multiple methods? And also, like... So I think this is going to happen and it will be on at least the pro phones because I think they can sell it as a premium futuristic thing. And I think, I genuinely think it's something people want. So why not have both? I agree. I have always considered this, that Apple would combine them, that it's not a use your fingerprint or your face, whatever's faster, but that they would make it one system. And so it would be even more secure because it's like it's like two factor. You need your face and your finger. But hearing oh, I would hate hearing that. y'all talk about it, I think that that would be a bad call. So uh, having having either one would be better. I can see why you would think it right because it would be like, well, now it's like even more secure. It's like I get that, but then I would be annoyed. <laughs> like I'd be more. Annoyed. Uh, yeah, I've changed my mind on that after hearing hearing y'all talk about it. Yeah, uh, it does make me think about the. The rumor that there's going to be an iPhone SE, right? So a phone with maybe the 10s or 11 guts, but in the case of the 8, right? And I just wonder if this would open the door for Apple to do that, but still ditch the home button so it looked like the other phones and it just has in-screen fingerprint. I don't think that's likely because the iPhone SE in the past, at least, was about keeping people who like that form factor happy and making a cheap phone. And I was sure this fingerprint stuff would be way more expensive than a touch ID button that they've made for a hundred years. So I don't know. Like it, it made me think about that. I don't think that's a realistic outcome here, but I think it's super interesting that Apple could be uh, working towards this. And what would really be cool is what if this were the way that they brought biometrics to the Mac? So Face ID could fit in an iMac, I think, thickness-wise, but the notebook lids are very thin. And I really believe that's the reason we haven't seen Face ID in the Mac, that they can't get that module in the existing MacBook lids. And you don't want a, a MacBook lid with a big hump on it, so they've moved to Touch ID. Um, but what if this sort of in-screen fingerprint thing, uh, not putting it on the screen of your Mac because that would be terrible, but like, could they use this technology to put it in the mouse or the trackpad somewhere and like make it integrated much more than Touch ID is now? I don't know. Like, this seems like really interesting technology, and it'd be 
it'd be cool to see Apple use it in different ways. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if all of these require lighting. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Some of these systems require illumination of the finger. Right. It's being pressed, and that would be difficult for a trackpad, but I don't think they all do. A glowing trackpad. I'm not sure what the Qualcomm system needs, um, the one that they just announced. I don't know if it needs light or not. I tried reading their press release about it, and my brain exploded. So Yes, <laughs> I, I it's not for us. I, I, right? Like It's not yeah. for the public. And it's interesting, too, right, because Apple and Qualcomm just had this massive fight, and Apple... But- Oh, but then they became the best of friends. Well, well what I was going to say, it's like Samsung, right? <laughs> Apple, on one hand, is trying to sue Samsung into oblivion several years ago. But then Samsung was building all their chips, right? These companies are so big, parts of them can be mad at each other while the other parts are friends. So, like, I saw some tweets like, oh, they'll never go to Qualcomm. It's like, yeah, they will if that's if that's the way to do it. If that's the way to go, then that they'll they'll swallow that and do it. Yeah, if they want to do this technology, they need to go to Qualcomm right now. Because they're the company that's leading the way. And so that's the iPhone. Actually, a little bit more on the iPhone, uh, but then we're going to move into the iPad. Uh, the iPhone will be 5G. I think we can all agree on that. More powerful nice. processor. It is coming from a Bloomberg report. And uh, a rear-facing 3D camera for better AR. Mm. That's something we've been hearing about for a while. But also in the iPad Pro, which should be coming apparently in the first half of 2020, according to Mark Gurman, with a new camera module, which also includes this 3D system. Um, which will allow for better room mapping. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. That all makes sense, right? And this mm-hmm. is the rumor that we've heard for a while. But then uh, in the last couple of days, Ming-Chi Kuo has reported two things. Uh, well, one thing, two products, that the 16-inch MacBook Pro and the 12.9-inch iPad Pro will be mm-hmm. the first products to feature Apple's mini LED screens. Now, mm. mini LED screens give you a bunch of things. A wider color gamut, higher contrast ratios, higher dynamic range, localized dimming, thinner displays, more power efficient, and no issue of burn-in. It's effectively OLED. It gives mm-hmm, you a lot yeah. of the advantages of OLED, but is more power efficient. It's easier to do, apparently. I, I, from, from listening to ATP, my understanding is like mini LED would come after OLED. like So it's actually like like TVs will have this in the future. So it's like it's a better technology for a bunch of reasons. But Ming-Chi Kuo is saying that both of these products will appear in the second half of 2020. Mm. So what happens to the iPad? Do we get just the 11-inch updated in the first half of the year and then the 12.9 later? Do we get two iPads in one year? I bet we'll see an iPad Pro update at WWDC. Um, If they cannot get the the small one to have mini-LED, just the big one will have it. Uh, both of them will have the new camera. Maybe both of them will have 5G, which hasn't really been reported for the iPad Pro line. I would be surprised if the iPad Pro does not get 5G next year. Um, I could see a scenario where just the big one has the new fancy display tech, but not the small mo- the small one. But you think they're going to be announced at WWDC? I think they're going to be announced at WWDC and they'll be announced together. I think it makes the most sense. Um, this is mostly wishful thinking, but it, I also believe it makes sense to do it, uh, especially if it's you know display tech. So it involves color game, it involves color reproduction, uh, HDR content. It makes sense to talk to the to a developer audience about this stuff, especially the uh, the 3D camera mm-hmm. and the 3D camera, of course. Yeah. So you can imagine there's going to be sessions 
In fact, why announce an iPad Pro with a 3D camera at WWDC? Because it allows you to talk to developers and have them test a new API that, w- that everybody knows will be on the next iPhone without actually talking about the next iPhone. Very interesting. Right? Yeah. So you want developers to uh, jump on board. This is going to be like the new um, size classes thing all over again. Like you can talk about something that is obviously happening without actually mentioning it, uh, mentioning it on stage. Yes, but because you it's worth have... remembering like what you think to yourself, why the hell would I care about this 3D system for AR? This mm-hmm. is the beginning of the technology that would appear in the f- on your face stuff, right? Like that's why they were doing. That's why they're going to put it in the iPhone. That's why they're going to put it in the iPad Pro because they want people using it, developing for it, getting used to it because they need applications for mm-hmm. their uh, glasses. So you do it at WWDC. You have developers come to sessions. You have developers. Uh, you tell them, look, you can now build camera apps for the iPad Pro with new fancy 3D uh, tracking APIs. But everybody knows those are mostly going to be used on the iPhone. But you don't need to mention the iPhone because the iPad Pro actually has them. And you can have sessions. You can have developers discuss them and come to the labs and whatnot. I think it would make sense. Yeah, I buy that. That is my rumor roundup. Thank you. Yeah, it's a it's a very good thank you. It's a very good rumor roundup. I want all of these features and products. Uh, well, I mean, except the MacBook Pro. I don't care about that. But I want all the rest. If you want to find links to stuff we spoke about, head on over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 272. There you get in touch with us with feedback or follow-up via email. You can also do that on Twitter. You can find Mike on Twitter as I-M-Y- K-E. Mike is the host of a bunch of shows here on Relay FM, so go check those out. You can find Federico on Twitter at Viticci, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Federico, you guys have anything exciting to uh, close out the year? Yes. Yes. We are are going to do the Mac Stories Selects um, you know, actual awards for I can't wait to criticize your awards. Yeah, I know. I'm going to bring a critical eye to those things. We'll see. We'll see. I know. It's going to be fun. We're going to do more than last year. So it will be real fun. Uh, People do not expect what we're doing. And personally speaking, I'm working on the release of MusicBot for the end of the year. That's my Apple Music shortcut uh including one last big surprise that i haven't told anybody about and i think people are gonna love it so why'd you keep doing this look you it's a competitive business you gotta keep people on their toes and surprise them what am i gonna do you gotta surprise them every time but like i you you can tell me you can tell steven no but it's not finished that's the point. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want you to look at a draft of something that's unfinished. Mm. You gotta mm. look at the finished product. Okay. So yeah, I'm looking forward yeah, to fun, it. Fun times. Yes, what thank I, you. What I've seen is very exciting. You can find me on Twitter as ismh, and I write at five twelve pixels net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week. They are Smile, Pingdom, and Eero. And until next time, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Bye. Adios.